into it, okay? So we'll end goodness to God. I will see
in Jesus' name, you are worthy. Oh, God, I thank you for what you do, God, who you are, what you have shown to me, and what I know you are doing. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Several years ago, say several, I'm not, I'm not old enough to say several years ago. I, a, a couple of years ago, I'll say that. A couple of years ago, I was in the prayer room before service. And I was praying, and I was praying good. I was praying really hard. And I was, I was saying, God, show up tonight. God, be here tonight. Be in the service tonight. And I kept praying it over and over. And I felt good about it because it was sounding really good. And God stopped me in my tracks and said, don't go to my house and ask me if I'm going to be there. He said, I'm going to be here. Matter of fact, I was here before you were. How are you going to respond? And he stopped me in my tracks in my prayer and let me know that I can pray for God to be here. God is here. And you are here. But what happens is, are we going to step into his presence? Are we going to lift up his name? Are we going to respond to the presence? He's here. The song is awesome because it says, take me into your presence. Take me into your presence. Well, something happens as you begin to move, as you begin to praise, as you begin to respond. The key change happens, and it says, here I am in your presence. A step of faith and action is when you see the results you're looking for. And so right now, we're going to lift some names up in prayer and take action believing that there's going to be results and responses, that there's going to be action made by God tonight. I believe it. So we have Brother Dickie who is needing... He's having surgery scheduled for tomorrow. We have Toby Gonzalez, Wendy Russian, Nelda Doss, Evan Cashin, Judd Bryan, Wendy May, Connie Iyer, and Kyle Sanders. And I'm believing that there's going to be needs touched, the ones that were mentioned, the ones on the overhead, but also the ones that we walked in here with. I believe it. I'm not naive to think that we didn't walk in here with something, battling something, struggling with something. But we all came in here into the presence of the same God that healed in the Old Testament, the same God that healed in the New Testament, and the God that's going to heal tonight in Jesus' name. So what's going to happen is you're going to come to the front if you have a need and you want to be prayed for. Ministers are going to anoint you with oil, and people are going to pray with you and over you, believing and trusting that a move of God is going to happen in your life tonight, that there's going to be healing taking place, there's going to be faith rising, there's going to be ministry into your situation because you stepped out in faith in the midst of your situation and asked for prayer and glorified Him. So right now, if you have any need, step forward and we're all going to begin to pray right now. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for what we've already felt this morning, what we feel in here tonight. And God, I pray that you begin to move in every need, every situation, financial, emotional, physical. That there is no need too big for you. There is no need too small for you. But God, you see us. You are able. You are willing. And God, I pray that we respond and we put everything into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. For your mercy never fails 
Oh, my days I've been held in your 
Sometimes the joy of the Lord gets a hold of this body and this mind, and I can't control it, y'all, so I'm sorry about that. But my goodness, I'm happy to be in the house of the Lord with fellow believers that are going to unify together, and we're going to give Him all the praise that we have. And in turn, now hear me out, we're not just putting out, but in turn, we receive restoration. In turn, we receive a reviving, a renewing of our spirit. And because of that, now we get to go out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we get to preach the gospel to everyone that didn't get what we got. Mm. Happy to be in the house of the Lord tonight. At this time, if our ushers would please come, we'll do our tithe and our offering. And just before we do that, we have a few announcements. Congratulations if you made it here tonight. Brother Josh Tingley is with us in service, a missionary from Haiti. 
we're expecting and we're knowing that he's going to deliver a great word of God from God. And so I'm excited for tonight. And then the 13th, I believe that is this Wednesday, Brother Brad Davis and Sister Jenna Davis will be with us in service on Wednesday night. Oh, just got this in. Just Brad Davis. So anyone that came for Sister Jenna, wait till next time. No, I'm joking. Brother Brad is more than enough on his own. I hope he's not watching this. And then on the 14th, we have an EXO marriage at 6 p.m. Young married couples, old married couples, whoever, get there, be there. It is a wonderful time. I've heard great things about it. Of course, I've not attended myself, but I've heard great things about it. So don't let that stop you. And then on the 17th, next Sunday evening, is Youth Sunday. So be here for Youth Sunday at 6 p.m. as well. And then the 18th through the 22nd, that's General Conference in Indianapolis, Indiana. So just be praying for everyone traveling there and then just praying for the conference in general. And then the 21st of that week is Ladies United Fellowship at High Cotton. Our own sister Dot Lipscomb will be leading that up, speaking. So that's going to be a wonderful time. And then the 23rd, Journey Girls meet at the Shoemakes. If you need any contact for that, please contact Sister Gabby Shoemake, and she would love to help you out with that. And then the 24th is our mission pledge deadline, so make sure to get that turned in. And then also that morning, the 21st following the morning service, is our care group for luncheon. This is my favorite time to come to church. I'm joking. That's a joke. But this is a great time to come to church because after you come to church, you get a little filling. So you get the spirit filling, and then you get a little food filling. So make sure to be there that Sunday, Care Group 4. And then, my goodness, September is packed, y'all. Who's grateful to be in the house of the Lord that's active? Amen. And then the 30th is North Texas District Northeast Section Ladies Conference. Boom. Grace Fellowship in McKinney. If ladies, if you're interested in that, that's all the information I have, but I'm sure a sign-up sheet in the four years for that. And then finally... Out in the foyer, I'm sure you've already seen it. You've heard Stephen make great announcements about it. I should call him back up here, but I won't. But we have our Move the Mission offering board out in the foyer. And it goes 1 through 100. I believe 99 and 100 are already gone, so sorry about that. But if you want to give 95 and then add 5 more dollars and make it 100, feel free. And then, uh, But what that does is our Move the Mission, that's our She's for Christ, that goes to our awesome missionaries that are here tonight it goes there it goes to our children's mansions that are across the nation and then also it also goes back into our very own each of our districts and it finances all the things that we go to and so that is a great mission make sure to to please feel free to give sacrificially to that and that's all for september my goodness let's go ushers come on jesus Lord, I pray that our hearts and our minds would be tender to your word tonight. Your spirit is already here, as Brother Stephen alluded to. Lord, let our hearts and our minds be open to that spirit, Lord. Let us be willing to get uncomfortable to meet you there. God, I pray that you would bless this congregation, bless this community, bless this nation, and bless our globe. Lord. In your great name, amen.
to know enough about him he's worth following and then to be privileged to be a part of a foreign area to have a missionary with us tonight that carries the passion the purpose and the power of almighty God everywhere he goes he and his wife they are choice people and Brother Josh Tingley, we are so glad that you are here. Missionary to Haiti, and would you come? And that's it. Keep it rolling. He's not God, but he loves him. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Why don't we lift up a hand clap of praise unto the Lord? Amen. If I have to admit, I do love the Lord, and if you love him too, why don't you lift up a, a praise unto him just for a moment and say, thank you, Jesus. Well, is there anybody happy, anybody thankful to be in the house of God tonight? Are you thankful that you have a God that has saved you and delivered you and set you free? Anybody got a testimony tonight? I, I'm, I think I'm looking at a few today. Would you lift up your voice and say, thank you, Jesus? Oh, I've got a reason to thank him tonight. I, I've got a reason to be grateful tonight. I've got a God who is on my side. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, what an honor and a privilege it is to be here with you this evening, to be back in Paris. It's been a little while since we've been here. We've been uh, all over in a few different places. And so you may, you may be seated just for a moment before we jump into the word of the Lord. I, I want to give honor to your pastor. Thank you so much for the invitation. We were so excited when we saw uh, your name on our schedule. And uh, we were excited to come back and visit Paris and be with you all once again. I, I want to give honor to him and, and his uh, lovely wife. Uh, you guys got a great pastor and pastor's wife. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, also, my wife and kids are not here with me tonight. They were supposed to be, uh, but due to some circumstances with our youngest child, uh, they are at home today uh, or, or after our morning service, which, which uh, was a, a, a lengthy service. 
missions conference service this morning. Uh, I dropped them off uh, with uh, some folks that y'all know, with uh, Nick and Rhonda Smith. We've been staying with them for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and they have been spoiling our children, and so they stopped back by there, and I left them there. And uh, so uh, I give them honor, though, I'm sure, watching online. Love them very dearly. Amen. Uh, before, uh, in 2019, my wife and I went into missions, and uh, we started in the nation of Spain and also up into a little country called Andorra. Has anybody heard of Andorra before? Andorra is a really small micronation. A few, awesome. A few have heard of Andorra. Andorra is a little country between Spain and France. And uh, this little country, most people haven't heard of it because it's so small. In fact, it's only about 80,000 people in the whole country. Just a few cities up in the mountains between Spain and France. And if you're looking at a map, uh, it's not easy to see. You have to zoom in real close to the map just to see Andorra. In fact, I struggle to find it, and I've been there a bunch of times. But you kind of have to go back and forth and zoom in and zoom out, try and find it. It's just this little dot in between Spain and France. But you know what? Uh, there was many prayers prayed over this nation because there was no church here. And uh, so finally the, the call was answered by a young family that came and started the very first apostolic work in that nation. And my wife and I were so privileged to be there furlough replacements when they were here in the States. We were there working and pastoring that church. And during that year and a half time, we saw God fill 11 people with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We got to baptize five in Jesus' name. And so we are so excited about what is happening in the nation of Spain and also Andorra. Amen. I'm so thankful. It gives me hope every time I think about it. Uh, and every time I, I, I ask if anybody's heard of Andorra before and nobody raises their hand, I, I love giving that report. You know why? Because it just tells me no matter who you are or where you are, God doesn't overlook anybody. You may never have heard of Andorra, but God has. You may not know what language they speak, what situations they're going through, but God has. And friends, if God doesn't overlook them, I'm thankful. I serve a God that doesn't overlook anybody. You say, well, we're just in Paris, Texas tonight. Yeah, but I don't think God's going to overlook Paris, Texas tonight. Oh, I don't think God's going to overlook us tonight. I think if we lift up our voice and begin to praise like we've been doing, I think heaven's going to take notice. Oh, you... Nobody knows who I am, but Jesus knows who you are. Nobody knows what I'm going through, but God knows what you're going through tonight. And he doesn't overlook anybody. Amen. I'm thankful to serve a God like that. Amen. He doesn't overlook anybody. And so we're so thankful for the revival that is happening in Andorra. It's continuing to happen. The, the uh, revival in Spain, uh, the churches are growing within the last five years. They have doubled the number of churches. And so we are so excited about what is happening there. And now answering the call, we are going to Haiti. How many have heard of Haiti before? Different story. Lots of people heard of Haiti. In fact, if you've read anything about Haiti in the news recently, it probably wasn't good. Uh, Haiti's making the news for all the wrong reasons, and unfortunately, it's not making the news uh, for, uh, in a lot of sense, people aren't hearing about what is happening in Haiti. But uh, Haiti is going through some very difficult situations and circumstances right now, governmentally and uh, socially and, all, and with gangs that have taken over. It's, it's fallen into anarchy and chaos at this time. And so we ask for your prayers for the nation of Haiti. Uh, in fact, I've got a quick video. Is that video going to be... Good to go. Awesome. Go ahead and play that video now. Hello, we are Joshua and Alina Tingley, and we are the new appointed missionaries to the nation of Haiti. We're so excited about the new work the Lord has called us to. 
We have served in missions since 2019 in the nation of Spain and also Andorra. We served under the incredible missionaries Nathan and Tanya Herod, and we're so thankful for the experiences and all that we learned there. We take all that experience and that hope and the same saving message of Jesus Christ to Haiti. One of the biggest challenges that's really hard for us as Americans to understand is the level of poverty that Haitians live in, the level of uh, chaos that is just a normal part of their day. Uh, infrastructure is, is non-existent. Um, electricity, they don't, they, they're supposed to receive electricity for an hour a day. That rarely happens. Um, there's no trash pickup, there's no, there's no running water. All of these things that we as Americans take for granted, that we just assume the rest of the world has as well. The first time that I visited Haiti, uh, it was very overwhelming. I couldn't even speak. I didn't know places like that existed in the world. I, I literally, I turned to my wife and I said, I didn't know this existed, especially so close to the United States. It's not, it's really not that far. with a lot of unique challenges. Haiti has 11 million people with a 60% literacy rate. This means reading the Bible and talking to them about Jesus can be difficult because they are unable to read their Bibles. The poverty level is enormous. As well, there are gangs all over the nation that make it difficult for transportation and getting around. The work in Haiti is broken up into three categories. We have, of course, the national work where we have 500 plus churches in the nation. We also have the Bible School, which houses over 120 students every year. And of course, the humanitarian work, which involves our children's homes and involves disaster relief. These three areas make up a big portion of what is needed and the work that is done in the nation of Haiti. The hunger for God is immense and palpable in the nation of Haiti. I want to tell you a short story. We were there doing a small crusade, and as we, my husband gave the altar call and asked, does anyone want the Holy Ghost or want to be filled with the gospel? We expected people to come forward who had never heard this before, and instead the altars quickly flooded with everybody in the room. The first person to the altar was the district secretary's wife, not because she'd never been filled with the Holy Ghost before, but because in a nation like Haiti, all you have is God, and she was so hungry for another touch. That is what's so special and unique about Haiti, is it doesn't matter how many times you've received the Spirit before or how many times you've felt God before. You are so hungry for another touch. Every opportunity to touch God is just like your first. We want to say thank you so much. You are going with us to Haiti to change a nation, to change a life uh, when you give. And we say thank you for going with us. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing in the nation of Haiti. Thank you so much for your prayers. Your prayers are building our covering over our family and over the work in Haiti, over all of the incredible people there and the powerful work that God has in store for that nation. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. God bless. Thank you. Amen. As you can see, uh, Haiti has a lot of unique challenges. 
a lot of challenges that are very different from other places in the world and places that we have served. Uh, and so we are asking for your prayers for the nation of Haiti. There are uh, current circumstances. This video is about a year old now. Uh, there are circumstances since then. It has continued to decline. Uh, and things have spiraled out of control, uh, and the gangs have taken over more than 60% of the capital city, and uh, it has become very dangerous to be out and about. And uh, so we ask just please pray for the nation of Haiti. Uh, one of the awesome things you saw in our, uh, our video there was our Bible school graduation. That happened last year when I was there uh, in May. And so we had 33 students graduate from our three-year program. Uh, we are so excited. It, yeah, I give everyone our students high honor, uh, our graduates. These students come to Bible school every Saturday for three years, three years, uh, and they dedicate every Saturday just to study God's word, just to learn more about him. And they are traveling through what is considered now one of the most dangerous cities in the world, uh, and they are traveling by public transportation, which is, uh, public transportation in Haiti is not like anything we have here. Uh, it's called a tap-tap. Anybody know what a tap-tap is? Tap Tap is a small pickup truck uh, with a, a canopy on the bed of the pickup truck, and they line the uh, the outside of the bed of the pickup truck or the inside of the bed of the pickup truck with uh, benches, and you get up under the canopy and you sit on the little benches with all your stuff, and when those fill up, you stand on the bumper and you hold on for dear life and you try not to die. This is our public transportation system, uh, and they call it a Tap Tap because when you get where you're going, you just tap the side of the truck twice, and they pull over and they let you off. This is public transportation, yes, and all of the pickup trucks look exactly alike, and you have to know which direction it's going. They all have their own specific routes, uh, and so this is our public transportation. Our students are using this. They're traveling by bike or walking or uh, are coming by motorcycle, uh, all forms of transportation just to come to Bible school. Some of them are traveling an hour, two hours, three hours, or even four hours to come to Bible school every Saturday, and Bible school starts at 8.30 in the morning. And you have to be on time to get in the doors. Uh, and so I give our students high honor uh, for their commitment to the word of God. What an impact they are going to make in their communities, in their churches, in their regions with that kind of commitment and love for the word of God. Amen. Anything is possible. And so we're excited to see them go out into their fields and, uh, and to, to uh, impact their nation uh, in ways that we never could. Uh, and, and so we're so thankful for them. Uh, this year we, we attempted to reopen. Open our Bible school. We wanted to in August. Uh, we couldn't do it uh, like with our normal school season. Uh, we couldn't open up in August because of the current situation. It was so dangerous in the surrounding areas. We said it's not possible to open up the Bible school. So we waited. And then the next semester rolled around in January and we still couldn't open. And so now we're getting frustrated. Bible school is very important. Our students are, are ready to go. And so we're excited, but we can't open the doors. And so we decided in February, we got to do something. We moved the Bible school to a different location. We said, okay, this will be safer. We're going to open up at a different location, and then all the students can come there. Uh, and so we did so. And in February, uh, within the first two weeks, three of our students were kidnapped by gangs. And uh, they were taken and held for ransom to their families. Thankfully, we prayed. They were released unharmed. I don't know what the situation was with ransom or their families, but we prayed and they were released unharmed. And in my mind, because we're Americans and when crazy things like this happen, we shut everything down. I thought, well, that's it. Bible school, we tried. We attempted it. didn't work. We'll have to wait till next year. Well, that wasn't the case. Uh, I, I went a month or so thinking that they'd close the doors. They didn't. They kept the doors open. And guess what? The next Saturday, everybody was there. In fact, I just found out because we started late. We had a late graduation just uh, 
about three weeks ago now, we had 28 students graduate this year from our same three-year program. In the midst of fighting and war and all of these things, our students are committed to the Word of God. And so, again, every student, I give them high honor for their commitment to God and to the Word of God. And I'm so excited about uh, uh, reaching a world with people like this, people that love God, people that love His Word. Amen. Those are the people that are going to change the world. Those are the people that we can change our world, amen, with the word of God, with the power of the word of God. Friends, there's power right here in this book to change our worlds. There's power right here in this book to change our communities, to put families back together again, to heal, to deliver, to set captives free right here in this. I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I love the word of God. Give me somebody that loves the word of God. And friends, watch what they can do. Watch what God will use them to do. Amen. So I'm excited about our Bible school, uh, excited about the future of, of Haiti. And uh, uh, we are currently, uh, because the situation, every, every week we get more news and none of it's good. It's continuing to decline. Uh, this time we're not able to get into Haiti. We can't go directly into the nation of Haiti because of the situation. In fact, one of the properties that has the housing where we would be staying, uh, we have three properties there. One of our housing, or our properties, was taken over by gangs. And when I say like uh, properties, I mean a compound. We have 10-foot walls, razor wire, and 24-hour armed security. Thankfully, nobody was on the property at the time, but about 20 gang members came over our razor wire 10-foot walls with guns, and uh, uh, nobody was harmed. Our, our guards were able to get away, uh, but we lost that property. And so things have continued to deteriorate, uh, and uh, we cannot go directly into the nation of Haiti right now. So we are on the same island with the Dominican Republic, and on that side of the island it's very stable, and we are able to travel into Haiti from there uh, as well as work with a lot of the Haitians that have come in from from Haiti because of the situation into the Dominican Republic and we're excited that we can still go and get our feet on the ground and continue the work that is going on there and we are believing God for a great revival. As you saw in the video, we have over 500 churches in Haiti. 500 churches, a, a, a small one-third of an island, a nation of about 11 million people. We have over 500 churches, which equals about 50,000 of your brothers and sisters in the nation of Haiti. And so we are excited about the revival that is happening there, and we're believing God for another 500 churches and 100,000 people that have been baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Because uh, I'm not satisfied just to see what God has done. I'm looking forward to see what God is going to do. Amen. I'm not satisfied just to say, well, God did it in the past. I'm looking forward to saying what God is going to do right now. Because God's not done working, friends. Let me just tell you. I'm excited about what has happened in Paris, Texas uh, up until this point. But, Brother Myers, I'm excited because there's a future. I'm excited because God's not done moving. In 2023, I want to see more people receive the gift uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, we want reports from all over the world because God is still doing the miraculous. And God is still moving in this this season and I'm so thankful amen to be a part of the church it's a good time to be a part of the church it's a good season to be a part of the church there's a lot of other things that are that used to be fun to be a part of and everything else that seems to be falling apart and and foundations are, are slipping everywhere but there's one place you can go and friends things just don't seem to change we preach the same message we've got the same God he's a deliverer just today just like he was yesterday you can be filled with the Holy Ghost and have you we haven't changed the message you can still have your sins washed away friends and I'm thankful to be a part of the church of the living God. Amen. Amen. Man, 
If you would, we're going to turn to Numbers chapter number 13. Again, I want to give honor to your pastor. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for letting us share. Thank you for partnering with us. You guys are already partners in missions with us, and so we say thank you. Thank you for supporting the work that God is doing uh, around the world and the places that my wife and have been so privileged to serve, and we are looking forward to great things in the future and keeping you guys up to date uh, with newsletters on what's happening around the world and and, uh, what the Lord is doing. One uh, quick thing is your Turning to Numbers 13 and verse number 1, uh, in the media team, you, want, you can put the whole chapter up there because I'm going to use a bunch of different random verses. So Numbers 13, 1. Uh, one thing we're excited about is we're going to be helping launch a missionary training center in uh, the Dominican Republic while we are there. And so for missionaries that are coming into our region, we are going to be helping recruit missionaries that are looking to be involved in missions but don't know where to go. They're going to come, get trained by the missionaries in our region, get sent out into nations that don't have missionaries, places where we need help. Uh, And so we're so excited. Uh, People can come, learn Spanish, get equipped, and then go into the work that God has for them. And our regional director is heading that up, and we're just happy to be supporting him in that work as well. If you want any more information, Information about that. We have that information, of course. Speak with your pastor before anything like that. But uh, again, thank you for being a support uh, to uh, to us and to our family. We love uh, each and every one of you very dearly. Numbers chapter number thirteen and one. If you have it, say Amen. amen. If you don't have it, say Wait on me. All right. I didn't hear anybody say Wait. I didn't say we were gonna wait, but I didn't hear anybody say Wait. So Numbers thirteen one says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that thou may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, every uh, uh, every uh, of every tribe of their father shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the uh, children of Israel. Now, in the next few verses, it's just going to list. All of those names. So we can kind of skip through. It's listing people like Shamua, Shaphat, Caleb, Egal, Oshea, Palti, and on and on and on. It lists the names. So skip down with me all the way to verse number 16. It says, these are the names of the men which uh, Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Oshea, the son of Nun, Jehoshua. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get ye up this way southward and go up into the mountains. And then skip down to verse number 26. They have now gone and they've returned with their report. Verse number 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel uh, unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou hast sent us and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And it is this is the fruit of it. And nevertheless the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover we saw the children of Anak there. And then verse number 30, Caleb, this is where Caleb's jumping in and he's getting involved. It says, Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that were with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. The Bible says that they brought up an evil report unto the, uh, of the land whither they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is the land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. In the last verse, verse number 33, and there we saw the giants the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. 
Amen. Would you put your Bibles down and pray with me one more time? Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. Uh, We thank you for your word. We thank you for the work that you are doing all over the world. And we're just so thankful to be a part of the church. We're thankful to have a king like you, Lord. And we pray in this place today, before we leave tonight, God, that you would release in this house today, Lord, you would begin to release signs and miracles and wonders in our midst, oh God. Before we leave this place today, Lord, we pray somebody gets delivered in this house today. We pray somebody be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, would you put your hands together one more time as you shout unto the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. For those of you uh, parents out there, those of you who have kids, you'll understand best what I'm about to say. There are times as a parent, we have to prepare things for our children. Times that often we are preparing meals for our kids. We are preparing something for them to eat. And it's with some sense of pride and some sense of duty that we, we do that. We provide them with some nourishment. We, we, we place the meal before them with some sense of pride, saying this is what I am providing so that my kids can eat and they can grow strong. And if maybe if you're like me, you're a dad, you're, you're looking for simple solutions to this problem. You're trying to figure out what are the things that have the least amount of ingredients, you know, like cereal has two ingredients, it's milk and cereal, it's real easy to prepare that for the kids, and I don't know if you know this, but at the store now, they've got macaroni and cheese that's already in a bowl, all you got to do is add water, y'all, and lunch is served, bon appetit. Well, perhaps you are the uh, chef of the family or you get inspired one day, and it's I'm sure happened to all of us. And let's just for the sake of the story say that we are preparing a gourmet sandwich that would rival any Subway sandwich or any Jimmy John's or whatever you have here in Paris. That It would put them out of business to know that the, the, the quality of sandwich that you could put out. And you've taken the time, Pastor, and you've cut all of the, the sides, all the vegetables just perfect. I mean, the... The cucumbers are so thin you can see through them. They're amazing. You've got tomatoes and you've got all of the things and, and, and all the condiments are just right and you have layered them with, I mean, you could take a picture and sell it as art. It is so beautiful. They don't even know the restraint you had to show not to eat this sandwich yourself. It looks that good. And you place it before your child with that sense of pride and duty and they, they take one look at it and they pick out everything you did wrong. Dad, you know I don't like cucumbers on my sandwich. Why would you put cucumbers on my sandwich? You know I don't like mayonnaise. You know, like, meh, 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 all the things that they could come up with to tell you how bad of a job you did. And if only they knew the time and effort. The money you could have charged for that sandwich. My God, it was so good. Well, if you've ever experienced that like I have, I think we have a real special insight to how God was feeling in this moment. Is the Bible says that God prepared the land for his children. He was preparing them a place. He had spent time uh, searching out the land. He, had, he knew everything about it. And, and, and uh, they, he told them all over and over again, it's the land that flows with milk and honey. We know it because it's referenced so many times and, and God is telling them about the awesomeness of this place and he, he tells them about how great it's going to be only for them to show up on the scene and get upset with God for what they found in the land. So I want to preach to you on this topic or this subject tonight. 
There are giants in my milk. There are giants in my milk, and in case you didn't know, I don't like giants in my milk. I do find it somewhat interesting that God would describe the land so many times. Over and over we see him talking about it. The land that flows with milk and honey. He mentions people that were living there and the tribes that were there. He he talks about the buildings they were building that Israel was going to get to live in. He was talking about uh, uh, the vineyards that were planted that they were going to get to reap and and reap the benefits of. That they weren't going to have to do the work but there was a blessing there for them. But he never tells them about giants. He never tells them, by the way, there are some giants in the land. You can sense his enthusiasm as he's describing this awesome place. He's excited for them to get there. He's telling them, you're going to love it. It's going to be great, but nothing about the giants. And we find when they arrive in verse number 27 of our text, we read it. They make this statement, surely it is the land that floweth with milk and honey. Almost as if they're surprised to show up and find it everything God said it would be. Almost as if they showed up and when it really was the place that he had been describing time and time again, they were shocked and surprised to see that what was told them to come to pass right before their eyes. But let me encourage the church here tonight just for a moment and say this. We serve a God who keeps his word. We serve a God, friends, that when he says something, he intends on doing it. He doesn't make flippant promises, but when God speaks, he intends on keeping his word. He is not a man that he should lie, but he is almighty God. And if he said it, pastor, he's going to do it. And if he promised it, then it's already settled. Friends, if it's prophesied over you, you ought to just believe it. It's already done. For God is not a man that he should lie. But 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Friends, we serve a God who is a promise keeper. He is almighty God. And if he said it, you better believe it. You can take it to the bank. It's already done. If he promised you something, friends, you already should shout about it because because it's already done. Hey, he's a promise keeper. He's a promise keeper. But why, I wondered, did he fail to mention the giants? Perplexed me. I searched and tried to see, well, maybe it would have been real easy, Pastor, just to slip it into the conversation. Give them a little heads up, you know. It's like when you buy a house, you don't want to find out after you buy the house that you got termites. That's supposed to come up before you buy the house. And they showed up and they said, we, we didn't know about these giants. And it was so crazy because it seems to be the one thing that keeps them from taking the land. It was the thing that God had failed to mention. So I began to ask God, why? Lord, you, you could have told them, give them a heads up. Maybe they would have been prepared. You told them about the other folks there. Why not tell them, hey, just prepare yourself. There's some giants in the land. Well, I've come to this conclusion tonight. The only reason not to mention the giants is that the giants were just not worth mentioning. Let me put it to you like this. 
The giants did not jeopardize God's ability to give them the land. I understand the giants were a big deal in the moment, but giants didn't come up in God's conversation because they were not a part of the equation, friends. The giants never stood a chance. Let me encourage somebody in the building today. God's promises are bigger than your problems today. God's promises, there is no giant too great. God doesn't make a habit of coming down to tell you how big and bad your problems are, how big and bad your enemies are he simply makes a a statement uh, and he makes some promises and he intends you to trust uh, the fact that he made you a promise uh, is greater than your problems Uh, it's greater than your struggles Uh, it's greater than our impossibilities Uh, we've got a promise from God uh, and friends uh, I'll take a promise uh, every day over the giants of this world Let me just remind you, there, there will be times in our life we will face giants. We will face impossibilities. We will face things that are too big for us. There, we will face circumstances that we cannot overcome. We will face impossibilities. Trials, tribulations, sickness, disaster, hurt, pain, global pandemics, whatever. We label the giant, but it is not time when giants arise. It is not time to get upset at God. It's not time to throw in the towel. It's not time to back up. It's not time to wave a white flag. It's time to remember the promises of God. When things get tough and when things get hard or even seem impossible, we just got to trust. I've got a word from God I've got a promise and I'm going to hold on to it oh there are no white flags in this kingdom we don't know what it's like to give up back up set down friends that's not a part of our vocabulary we're a part of a kingdom that is moving forward and we don't know what it's like to back up oh I wish I had some men in the house today that would stand up and say I'm not backing up to this uh, to this culture I'm not backing up to the things of this world I'm not backing up in my family but we're going to stand on some promises of God in the face of impossibility Abilities. Oh, ah. <clears throat> it's time to remember his promises. He promised you. <laughs> I will never leave you nor forsake you. Fear not, saint of God. He's a promise keeper today. He promised by his stripes we are healed. Fear not, saint of God. He intends on keeping his word. He said, I shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. And guess what? He's not backing up on that promise. Not one bit. He declares the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Church, and we are that church, friends, and God will stand behind us and God will fight for us. Hey, because he's a promise keeper. He's a promise. Whoa. 
It ought to make you excited every time you open up the word of God. What promise can I find today? Because I know whatever I read, it's already settled in heaven. Whatever comes out of this book, his word is forever settled in heaven. Oh, friends, I'm so thankful he said his word was settled in heaven. You know why? Because heaven, it transcends time eras, time periods. It wasn't a culture back in the day. It wasn't a civilization that is long gone that he chose to settle his word. But every promise that he made, he chose to settle it in heaven. And heaven transcends our borders. And heaven transcends our problems. And heaven transcends our giants. And heaven is not touched by the things, our infirmities, or our problems. But heaven is steadfast. And therefore, his word never changes. He's a promise keeper. Amen. Unfortunately, on the edge of receiving their promise, Israel chose to have fear instead of faith. I, I've, you know, Pastor, you know what giants are really good for? Giants are good for intimidating us. We've already established giants don't affect his power, right? They affect our power. Giants make me powerless. Therefore, giants are simply an intimidation factor trying to keep you from the promise of God. Because if the promise of God is already settled and the giants can't touch the promise of God, all he can do is try to keep you from accessing the promise. And the giants or the impossibilities that step in the way of the promises of God are simply there to try to get you to turn around and walk away. That's what giants are good for. They don't threaten God's power. They threaten our power. But I pray in this hour, in this time, in this season that we're living in, in these what seem like last days, that there would be a church arise, not afraid of giants. There would be a church arise that would choose to have faith over fear. We're not going to let fear dictate what 2023 looks like. We're not going to let fear dictate what the future of our church looks like. We're not going to let, oh, I wish somebody here me right now. Uh, we're not going to let fear dictate uh, where our family spends eternity. I'm not going to let the enemy determine where my family spends eternity. You're not getting me out of the house of God. I'm not going to back up on the things of God. I've got a word from him. I know what the book says. I know what's right. I know how to live. And you're not going to let intimidation keep me out of the house of God. You're not going to let intimidation make me shut my mouth or throw in the towel. I found it so interesting that out of 12 people, two of them came back with a different report. I mean, you've got the majority choosing fear, but two came back and stood up against the crowd and had chose to have faith. I have... A, uh, such respect, and I know we teach the stories from, from a young age of Joshua and Caleb, and I, I just love the fact that these two men could step in the face of adversity, in the face uh, of the majority, and say, no, friends, uh, that's not what God said. 
And in this time that we live in right now, we need people that are willing to stand up in the face of the majority and say, no, no, friends, I'm going to choose the word of God. I'm going to choose what he said. I know you've got your ideas and you've got your ideologies and all of these things, but I'm going to choose the word of God. I'm going to choose the promises of God. I know it might not be popular right now, but we need some men and some women and some young people that are willing to stand up in 2023 and say there's some things in his word we're not going to compromise on. We've got some promises of God. I'm not willing to give up because you're trying to intimidate me. So old Joshua and Caleb, I ask myself, what's so special about these two dudes? Maybe the statistics are there that two out of 12, these were just the crazy two. Maybe they were just the nuts ones. Maybe they heard, oh, Joshua and Caleb are coming on this trip. Let's make sure they're in the back because those two dudes are crazy. Maybe that's the case, but I don't think so. So I begin to ask, what's so special about Joshua and Caleb that they could go to the same places, see the same fruit, see the same land, see the same walls, the same armies, and the same giants, and choose faith over fear. So I began to study. What's so special about Joshua? What makes him different than the 12 or the other 10? What makes him so different? If you notice in our text that we read today, right before Joshua was sent onto his little scouting trip, Moses had a little conversation with Joshua. And he pulls him aside, and I, I, I love this. Moses changes Joshua's name right before the scouting trip. He's listed in the original 12 that we kind of briefly skipped through, but then in the next verse we talked about, he's listed as Oshea. And Oshea means salvation. That's a pretty good name. You have to remember, this is the season and time when names were very important, right? And I'm sure as a young man growing up with the name Salvation, he was a very humble young man. I'm sure there was never a time in his life where he showed up on the scene and said, Mom, don't, don't worry about this. I got it. Salvation is here. I would have never done that. But to have a name like O'Shea puts a lot of responsibility on a young man. So right before he left, Moses, he calls him aside. We can read it in our text. It says, Moses changed his name to Jehoshua. And Jehoshua means Jehovah is salvation. So just before you go down there and you see those giants and you see how tall those walls are and you see how many army men they have and how, how many archers there are in pike, before you get all the tally written down and you start comparing that to yourself, uh, let me give you a new perspective. Uh, you get your eyes off of yourself, O'Shea, and you put them where they belong uh, because the battle is not yours. Uh, it belongs to the Lord. Uh, friends, can I tell you, we have got to change our perspective uh, because it's not a about what you can do it's about what he can do it's not about your bank account it's about his bank account it's not about my talent it's about the one who is able to do all things and his name Jehovah is Jesus and he is on our side you don't 
compare your giants to your problems uh, to yourself. Uh, you compare them to the king and you say, no, friends, uh, it's not about my abilities or, or my power. It's about the power of the one who fights for me, uh, who is on my side. Notice the people, when they got back, they said, we are grasshoppers in our own sight, therefore we are in their sight. They were comparing themselves to the giant. And that's when the giant began to see them the same way. But Joshua, in the very next chapter, is the one that, he didn't say, I've got a plan. He didn't say, I've got the perfect idea. Joshua, in the next chapter, he's the one that said, wait a minute. Our God is well able to overcome. He wasn't comparing anything to himself. He wasn't saying, let O'Shea step to the plate. He was simply saying, we've got a God who is on our side, and there is no giant too great. There is no problem too strong. There is nothing that the enemy can do to keep us from the promise of God. It's ours, friends. It is ours. Every promise, it's mine, and I want it. I want the promises of God in my family. I want the promises of God in my church. I want the promises of God in our young people. I want the promises of God for our city. And they're ours. They're ours. Oh. And then we find Caleb. And uh, I begin to look into Caleb. Maybe this dude was, maybe, well, now we're down to one out of 12. Now our statistics are even better. Maybe he's the crazy one. What's so special about Caleb? Maybe he was, uh, it could be that he rode his horse backwards the whole time and didn't see a thing. He just got back and said, yep, looks good. What's up with Caleb? I thought, well, maybe he got a name change too. That'd make it real easy on me. He didn't. He's just Caleb. He's one of the dudes. Just seems like one of like everybody else. He just maybe the crazy one. and maybe Maybe it's true. The only thing that I could find different about Caleb that was different than everybody else there is where Caleb came from. You see, they were to take a man from every tribe. So everybody was from a different tribe. Caleb just happened to be the one from the tribe of Judah. And as you know, Judah means praise. So let me break it down for you like this. When you come... From a place of praise, you automatically have a different perspective on giants. When you live in a place of praise, you just don't see the world the way everybody else does. You just don't go through life like everybody else does. When you live in a place of constant praise and worship and adoration, friends, I just don't have time to worry about giants or my enemies. I've been spending all the energy I got lifting up Jesus. Oh, when I've been magnifying him, giants don't seem so big anymore. When I've spent all my time, friends, you, I just don't have the time today. I've got to spend some time with Jesus. I just don't have time to worry about your lies, enemy. I've got to tell God how good he is and how great he is today. 
When you live in a place of praise, you automatically wake up on Monday with a different perspective. You live Tuesday with a different perspective. You're not going to come tell me on Wednesday how bad it's getting and how I'm a loser when I've just spent Monday, Tuesday telling God how good he is. I've got a God who is greater. I've got a God who is stronger. And I live in a place of praise. Would you stand with me tonight? I don't know if you're going through something tonight. Perhaps you've got your own giants in your life. You might have them labeled something very different. Your giant might be labeled cancer. Your giant might be labeled financial problems, job problems, family problems. I don't know. You might have a giant that you feel is in your life that is impossible for you to overcome. Well, it's not impossible for him. And you have a promise from God tonight that he is never going to leave you. He will never forsake you. And that promise is bigger than your giant. Oh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. That promise is bigger than your giant. By his stripes, we are healed. That promise is bigger than your giant. For the promise is unto you and to your children, to those that are far off, even as many as our Lord God shall call. Your past is not a giant too big that it disqualifies you from that promise. Oh, you don't know what I've been through. You're right, I don't. But I know his promise is greater. You don't know the mistakes and the failures I've made. You're right, I don't. But I know his promises are greater. I don't know what you walked in here tonight with today, but I think it'd be all right if we came up to the front with a change of address notice today. Some of us have been living down there in old self-pityville. Some of us have been having us quite the party. But I think it'd be all right to put a change of address notice in and say, I'm not going to live here anymore. I'm moving over there to Judah. Hey, giant devil, enemy, whoever you are, if you want to find me, you're not going to find me hanging out with woe is me. You're not going to find me hanging out in self-pityville. If you want to find me, you're going to have to look for me in Judah. You're going to have to look for me in the place of praise. If you want to know where I'm at on a Sunday night, you find where the praisers are because that's where I'm going to be. If you want to know where I'm at on a midweek, you just best know when the doors are open, I'm coming in and I'm going to be dancing and I'm going to be praising and I'm going to be giving God the glory. 
Is there anybody that wants to step out from where you are tonight and make a declaration in this place? Come on, let me get you a change of perspective in this house. Don't come up here and talk about how big your problem is compared to your abilities. Come here and tell your problem, I've got a God that is greater than you. I've got a promise that is greater. Yes! Is there anybody in the building today? You need God to do a physical miracle in your body. Would you lift up your hand? Everybody else, put your hands down just for a second. I need God to do a physical miracle in my body today. Hands are lifted. One, two, three, four, five, six. There's there's all over the house. The same God who is the healer, the deliverer that we talk about that happens all over the world is the same God that's in this building today. There was a lady, and I've told this story several places, and I always have to qualify. There was a lady in Paris, and when I tell that story in Texas, everybody assumes I'm talking about here. And I say, no, no, not the real Paris, the other Paris. The one in France. She came up at the end of service. She was about midway back. I didn't know what was going on. She, was, she wasn't speaking English. And so we prayed with her. During altar call, when we got done pray, praying with her, we're praying with other folks. She picks up her phone and she calls her twin sister who lives in Sri Lanka. She's in Paris, France. Her sister is in Sri Lanka. Little did we know, a year prior, her sister had had a heart attack or a, a stroke, I'm sorry. And she was completely paralyzed on the right side of her body. After a year... I'm sure with therapy and all of these things, after a year, the doctors have got to be saying, there's not much more we can do. She's completely paralyzed. But she had a twin sister that began to pray for her in Paris. And she picked up the phone right in the middle of altar call and called her sister. And her sister picked up the phone and said, I don't know what just happened, but God has completely healed my body right now in this moment. You want to talk about some giants? We've got a God who is greater. We've got a God who is stronger. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. So those that need a miracle, I want you to get as close as you can to the front with your hands lifted. If you've never received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you can receive the Holy Ghost tonight and begin to speak with in a new language. And if you want to receive the Holy Ghost, you with everybody else, we're going to lift up our hands in this place. Come on, would you lift up your hands from left to right and front to back. Lift up your voice in the name of Jesus. Come on, I want you to begin to lift up your voice. It's not just going to be my prayer. I want you to speak it out. Is there anybody who's tired of listening to the lies of the enemy? Is there anybody who's tired of hearing that that giant uh, tell his lies uh, about your family, about your health, uh, about your finances? Uh, Would you lift up your voice uh, and begin to declare the word of God? Begin to declare, I've got a promise uh, by your stripes. uh, I'm healed uh, and I receive it in Jesus' name. Uh, Right now by the authority of the word of God uh, and by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, uh, I I lose healing over your body. I lose healing over your mind and over your emotions. Right now in Jesus' name, I command oppression to leave. I command fear to leave. I command anxiety to leave in the name of Jesus. Be made whole. Be made whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
Come on, somebody. When the walls came down and victory came, it was when they lifted up their voice and shouted. Will somebody lift up your voice?
never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it work, even when I don't feel it working, you never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it working, even when I don't feel it working. Never stop, you never stop work. You never stop, never stop, never stop. You never stop. You never stop. You never stop. 